0: Welcome to ChamberCast, the Billings Chamber of Commerce's podcast. I'm your host, Mariah Pennington. Tourism is one of the largest economic drivers for Yellowstone County and the state of Montana as a whole. Today, we are talking with the one, the only, Jeff Ewelt. Jeff is the executive director of Zoo Montana but is also affectionately known as Jeff the Nature Guy. Jeff, thanks for coming on the show today. My
1: pleasure. I'm honored (laughs) to be here. Thanks for the invite.
0: As I was typing out Jeff the Nature Guy in my notes, I remembered when we came in on the plane a few weeks ago (laughs) and Pete, the guy that works with you, we were all waiting for our bags and you're standing there and, and we were like, oh my gosh, we didn't know Jeff was on the plane with us. And he's like, Hey, is that Jeff, the nature guy? It really was loud. so
1: embarrassing. <laughs> he oh he got an earful for it's that. It's one yeah. of my
0: favorite things. Oh, like I tell terrible. everybody about it's it.
1: So, so terrible. And
0: everyone was like, can we have your autograph? <laughs> oh, no, just kidding. Lord. <laughs> anyway, okay, so maybe you can tell us for anyone who out there who doesn't know who you are, which is probably
1: very few of our listeners. Uh, they're out there, I promise.
0: But maybe talk a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? And how did you get started in this whole zoo business? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So uh, so I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Originally, I'm a, I know, a, a Browns fan, uh, which is sad, but it's true. And I always have been and always will be. That's so That's okay. Wanna, we won't kick you out. Yeah, exactly. I won't put that out there. So uh, I remember very clearly when I remember my passion being born, I was in the sixth grade and I was shadowing a individual at a science museum for a middle school project. And it was at an animal facility, and at the end of the day, the gentleman let me hold an owl. And when that owl hit my hand, I knew exactly something. I knew something was happening, and now I know it was my passion being born. And so I knew that's what I needed to do with my life. I had no idea how to get there, uh, but I just knew I wanted to get there. So. Fast forward to college years. I was at Ohio State University in Columbus, the Ohio State University, and I was at the Columbus Zoo uh, selling hot dogs and Pepsi. Uh, Worked at or volunteered at a local uh, wildlife rehab center, and then finally landed a job working with animals. Granted, it was goats and and pigs, but that was okay. (laughs) I was still happy. Jack's like, "That's cool. That's (laughs) cool. I'll take it." And then fast forward a couple more years, and finally landed a job with Birds of Prey, and I was where I wanted to be. I left the Columbus Zoo, went down to Tampa, Florida. Was down there for a couple for about ten years working with birds of prey and and Mm -hmm. kind of the entertainment aspect and flying birds and having fun at the zoo and educating folks about birds. And then from there, went over to Red Lodge and I was up in Red Lodge at the sanctuary there for a couple of years. Talk about a culture shock going from Tampa to Red Lodge was, was... interesting and wonderful at the same time. Yeah. And then when the zoo started having issues, I really wanted to take over mm-hmm. the zoo. And I mm-hmm. laughed that I think I was the only one dumb enough to apply for the job <laughs> because the zoo was not in a good place, but yeah. uh, the, the rest is history. And uh, just absolutely love Billings, love being in Montana mm-hmm. and just am extremely fortunate to be where I'm at.
0: We're extremely fortunate to have well, you. That's too we're kind. so thank glad you. you're the only you're, one that
1: applied. Well, thank you. <laughs> that's kind. Yeah. It could have went the other way. So we're happy. A okay, couple questions.
0: What kind of owl was it that you first held? Do you remember? I do.
1: It was a saw-wet owl, which is a tiny, adorable little owl. that they, they are here in Montana. Oh, okay. They're a lot like the eastern screech owl, but a little bit smaller and a much rounder face. Okay. They're adorable.
0: Yeah, I knew you would know all the details. Yeah. And then, do you? what is your degree in?
1: Yeah, so I my degree is in environmental communication, interpretation, and education. It's a mouthful. Wow. Basically, it's a, okay. it's a bachelor's of of biology science. And uh, but it's really focused in. I always tell people it's the theater aspect of talking about the environment mm-hmm. and animals. So the jazz hands of you know <laughs> getting out there and talking. And that it, what's amazing about that degree is it really prepped me for my career hmm. because I I'm I'm an introvert and I know that's hard for a lot mm-hmm. of people to understand. But I I used to be terrified of public speaking. Mm-hmm. But that degree kind of gave me the tools I needed. And with the passion of animals, that it was just a natural fit. Yeah. So I'm fortunate. I feel like I'm I'm one of the few that it, I'm so lucky to be able to actually use my degree for what it was intended for, which I know isn't always the case, and so yeah. I'm, I'm very ex- extremely fortunate for that.
0: Okay, I'm just gonna warn the listeners right now that this is gonna be a long podcast because I have so many questions already, I, and I talk we're just a lot really too, on so. the first question, and so <laughs> it's just gonna be a long one. Okay, so I have heard so many phenomenal speakers, and almost every single one of them have said they're introverts, which I think is fascinating.
1: Yeah. It, it, that seems to be a common, a common thing. And, and again, I, you know, I speak a lot on passion and I think passion lets people do things that they're, they, mm. they don't yeah. expect they can do yeah. because they love it so much. Mm. It just makes them a different person. I've heard that a lot too. And I'll tell yeah. you, when I go home, I, you know, well, I put a <laughs> hat on the hat makes me comfortable. So when you see my, me on a hat, it's just because yeah, there you go. <laughs> that, that just makes me comfortable. But when I go home, I just, I soak into the couch, you know, yep. or I go to the gym and, yep. and I don't talk to anybody. Yep. It's a completely yep. different world. Do you have to have a
0: degree in some sort of, like, I know people are all the time, gosh, I would love to work at a zoo or I'd love to work with animals. Like, is that kind of like a prerequisite that you have to have?
1: Yes and no. I mean, it's something we look for. Don't get me wrong. Mm. And and it's an important thing for us when we hire, but it's not the end all be all. Experience goes a long way Mm. in our, in our world. And, you know, especially when you're working with large, uh, dangerous carnivores, we want to ensure that you know what you're doing, you know, so sometimes (laughs) a degree doesn't do that, you know? And so, so experience is a big deal. So. People ask, well, how do you get experience? If you know to get a mm-hmm. job, well, putting your foot in the door. So working at the front desk, yep. kind of learning the, yeah. the trade while you're there. That's an important piece internships, volunteering mm-hmm. is a great way to do that. Um, so we've got, uh, you know, a lot of ample yeah. ways to do that. Not to mention we're a small zoo. So we take a lot of different types of yeah. help. That's really important to us. And so it's a great place to learn and kind of be a stepping stone if you wanted to go to a bigger zoo. Not that we want you to we want you to stay yeah, here. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. But you that's know, cool. in, in our field, we understand why you might yeah. want to go to a bigger zoo to work with different animals. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: Okay, so Some of our listeners may not know much about Zoo Montana. I mean, they've been there, but they don't know about it. Can you tell us more about what makes Zoo Montana special and different from other zoos and why you would consider it? Because I consider it a treasure for our state. So.
1: Hey, thank you. And I, I, you know, my Instagram, my, you know, my, my feed. I, my, the way I describe it is that it is one of my favorite things to do is defend Zoo Montana. It always has mm-hmm. been from day one, and and we're slowly turning it into the world's classiest zoo, and I'm very yeah. proud of that. So, <laughs> what I think so special about Zoo Montana is that we're just a little bit different than a typical big city zoo. You know, we are one of the few zoos in the country that do not receive any kind of public funding, and so we just have to be we have to be creative with our yep. growth. Yep. But what I think a lot of people don't understand is why we do what we do, and in particular, the animals that we bring in. Mm -hmm. So the majority of our animals are rescues. I think it's a really important piece to remember. And so a lot of times we will build for the need. And so that's an important piece. But I think more important is that we follow the 45th parallel mantra, which means you put your finger on on Montana, you spin the globe, anything on or above that line, that's where our animals are going to come from. With the exception of our education collection that we use for school talks. like Those ones inside? Yeah, Yeah. like Winston the Sloth and, and what have you. So the animals that are outside, we follow that that idea for two reasons. One, for budget. I don't, if I had a 10,000-square-foot rainforest, I'd have to keep yep. that bad boy mm-hmm. warm in the wintertime. Yep. And with our funding, I can't be guaranteed that mm-hmm. check's going to be there every year. If I had a million-dollar check coming in from the state, well, then maybe we'd think about yeah. that. But we don't, and, and it's just the way it is. So that's number one. Number two is for the welfare of the animal. And this is really important to us. Now, other zoos, they they don't follow this, and that's fine. That's their prerogative. But for us, it means a lot to be able to keep our animals outside Mm -hmm. 99.9% of their life. Mm -hmm. So if we had a giraffe, we'd have to keep that animal inside during the winter uh, when it's wet outside. And that animal would have to be inside Mm -hmm. for three, four months out of the year. And for a large, you know, super funnel like that, it's just not fair to them. We don't think it is. And so that's why we do what we do. So we want you, when you come to Zoo Montana, to feel like you're walking through the woods and you Mm -hmm. get a bonus of seeing a grizzly bear. You get a bonus of seeing a red panda. But we want to keep with the that, safety of glass with the safety of glass. Exactly. Yeah. You don't have to bring your bear spray with you. And so, yeah, so we just we we take a lot of pride in the fact that we're very natural. We want to continue that. And then we take a lot of pride in the fact that we're, we're helping wildlife. And yeah. Meat. And that's something that's yeah. really important to us.
0: I know something that you told me once is that people will come into the zoo and be like, oh, look at all the garbage in these. Yeah. In these. Animals' habitats, like what is that
1: about? Yeah, so two things. One is we get a lot of slack because we let a lot of our exhibits grow tall grass, and a lot of people think that's unkept. And it's actually it's unkept. And they complain because
0: they can't see the animal, (laughs) right? Exactly. (laughs) But
1: again, we animal welfare is our number one Mm -hmm. priority. Quality over quantity. Animals like tall grass. It's cooler. You can hide in it. Mm -hmm. You can forage better in tall grass. So those are all reasons that we do what we do in terms of our our grass. Now, the trash in the exhibits, (laughs) things like pizza boxes, paper, those are all toys. We call it enrichment. And enrichment is a wonderful tool Mm -hmm. to keep the mental well-being of the animal at tip-top shape. You know, because that animal is in in our zoo, it is our responsibility to give them enrichment. Now, in the wild, enrichment is going to be things like running from predators, chasing prey, finding a mate. Unfortunately, they lose that because they're mm-hmm. in our facility. And so it's up to us to to replace those with other things. And enrichment, toys, mm-hmm. best way to do that. And animals love puzzles. So, you know, the yeah. toys, the more intricate that it yeah. can be, the better for the animal. That's so cool. That's so cool. And helpful to explain it, to, yeah. especially
0: to people who are, may not understand. Yeah, absolutely. So.
1: Yeah. And that's the one thing that we always put across is we are not the San Diego Zoo. Mm-hmm. You know, they are great. Don't get me wrong. We're just a little bit different. Yeah. And there's reasons for that.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So I'm going to just pivot a little bit okay. and we're going to talk about your role. You are the board chair of Visit Southeast Montana Region on the board of directors. What does this look like for you? What is the board's priorities? What do they work on? And then what what is Visit SEMT's focus? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, you know, great question. And And first of all, I want to state that I'm honored to be the board Mm -hmm. chair. I'm honored to be on the board and to be able to work hand in hand under Brenda Moss and her leadership has just been fantastic. She's awesome. Um, She is. And the entire region, everybody that's involved in this region, again, goes back to that passion word. They're so passionate Mm -hmm. about what they do in our region and therefore the region as a whole. So, I mean, what an incredible thing to be a part of. I like to say that my job is easy and it's easy because I'm a, I subscribe to the belief you should love where you live mm-hmm. and no matter where you live, you're there, make the best yeah. of it and share it. Yeah. And so for me, it's easy to push this area, this region, because there's so many incredible things here, whether it's small community charm, uh, it's dinosaurs, the cultural yeah. history and the culture that's in our area is spectacular spectacular. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You just have to go out and find it. And we want to be able to bring it to you. So you don't have to go find it. We want to put it right in your lap. So you understand how fortunate you are to live this area and why we should share Mm -hmm. that story. And you've probably heard in a lot of our advertising, you know, we have an amazing story to tell. Mm -hmm. So our focus is telling that story Mm -hmm. and, and we need those tourists. And you alluded to it, that tourism in this, in this region, yeah. I mean, anywhere you look, is incredible. We're talking billions of dollars in the state mm-hmm. of Montana, yep. hundreds of millions in tax revenue. Tourists and our guests that come to Montana, mm-hmm. they're helping to pay for, they're helping your business, they're yeah. helping to pave our roads. We need that. Yep. And so to, you know push off a tourist as just another tourist, we can't afford to do that. And in the state of Montana, and and, I mean, I can go on days about this, so (laughs) I'll keep it short. Our funding mechanisms to better our communities, they're poor to say the least. Mm -hmm, And so we have to rely on the industry of tourism Mm -hmm. in order to better our communities for us. And so let's have our guests, like we do when we travel, pay for amenities to better our lives and our communities. And I think that's an important piece of what Southeast Montana is. Really focusing on.
0: Can you tell our listeners just some of the things? Well, first of all, they may not even know what the area is that we're
1: talking about sure. for Visit
0: Southeast Montana, and then maybe what some of those highlights are, because they may have heard them, but not realize exactly where they are. Yeah, so.
1: absolutely. So our region's huge. I mean, the state of Montana is huge, but we we basically think Billings and the Laurel all the way down to Ekalaka, mm-hmm. and then all the way over to Glendive. Mm-hmm. I mean, in yep. Miles City. I mean, so it's a huge region, which includes, of course, Billings, as I said. And In this region, the the first of all, the dinosaur aspect. I mean, you're gonna hear me. I'm I'm a dinosaur geek, and so the dinosaur aspect is huge. And I think of Mm Ekalaka. You've got the amazing Carter County Museum under the leadership of Saber Moore, and she has done an amazing job at taking that tiny little museum Mm -hmm. in this tiny little town. And it's become world-known because of their paleontology work. It is unbelievable. And now add the work that they're doing with the International Dark Mm -hmm. Skies uh, Coalition. I don't know if that's the right word. But International Dark Skies. It is amazing what's going on. The natural wonders that we have in the area, with Mokoshka National no, so, uh, State Park, so yeah, beautiful, and Medicine Rocks. I mean, beautiful, absolutely. It's one of the most unique landscapes mm-hmm. you're going to see. Yeah. You add the incredible cuisine of Billings, Montana, and the and the brewery yep. tour. You know, I can go on for days. And then, of course, the cultural history, the the Bighorn, the the, mm-hmm. the battlefield. Uh, You know, you add that and then the crow. I know, it's just so many things. Oh, it just, we could talk days for it. (laughs) It's one of the toughest things that I hear is that there's nothing to do in this region. That is the most terrible thing to say because there is so much to do. Mm -hmm. Just go out and do it. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself.
0: What are you guys most excited about or looking forward to for Southeast Montana?
1: So I'm I, so I'm going to speak for everybody. I this is my opinion and I think a lot of people are going to say the mm-hmm. same thing. The people the people that are that are integrated in this board of directors and in the region itself, there's so much to be excited about. Mm. Like I said, we have an amazing powerhouse of individuals yeah. that are in this region and we make a we make a statement mm-hmm. and I, that excites me and as we continue to move down this crazy post-COVID road, people are eager to get out, people mm-hmm. are eager to go see yeah. And I think people are eager from, even though quarantine was, you know, a, a tough time, I think people liked that solitude mm-hmm. to a point, maybe not being stuck in their house, but what Southeast Montana offers that I love the most is that you can drive 10 miles outside of the Billings and you could be alone and the silence is deafening. Yeah. And to me, that yeah. is so amazing. Yeah. And I think a lot of people that are coming from bigger cities, mm-hmm. that might scare them a little bit. Yeah but it's an unbelievable experience yes. for them and so yeah. that excites me and i run the zoo on on really on three terms relate reveal and provoke and i think southeast montana is very similar if we can relate this area to our visitors in some way, shape mm-hmm. or form, we can reveal something really amazing to them and provoke them to want to be here. And And I think that that is a really important piece of what we need to do. And I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to learn from the traveler. Yeah. And it's it's what's amazing right now is that we are doing that. We are learning that people are liking to travel with their pets a lot more. Or people are uh, really taking on the road trip idea, and mm-hmm. so being able to pivot and hone in on those strengths of Southeast Montana—that yep. excites me as we move into the future. And cater
0: to those things that they're looking cater for. Cater to yeah, what they look yeah. for. Absolutely. Yeah, awesome. There's
1: so much that goes into it, and that's yeah. what I think I love about this industry is that there's so much behind the scenes work that yep. you know that Brenda does, and then Alex Tyson, Billings, all of you here at the chamber. The work that you guys do behind the scenes is absolutely stunning. Hmm. That people have. No idea. And if they even knew the half (laughs) of it, it would blow them away.
0: Yeah. 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 I think the thing I'm most excited about just because Brenda keeps talking about it is this whole dark skies thing. I'm really excited. I like actually want to go and experience it. Absolutely. Absolutely. What a thing to experience. There's just so few of them. And we have a couple of places in Montana. So, And that's so Pretty right. Awesome. And like
1: you said, there's so few places where you can see the sky as, you know, as it was saw before uh, the yeah. you know, the industrial revolution, if you will. Amazing. And so we are. Yeah, you're right. It is an exciting venture. And to see the sky as it was intended to be seen is just a remarkable experience. It'll blow you away. And if you're lucky enough to get the Northern Lights in there. Yeah, I mean, oh, my gosh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so cool. I,
0: so you kind of touched on this, but maybe if there's anything else you want to to talk about as far as why driving and marketing tourism for our area is so important. I mean, you talked about how much money and what it does for our economy, but... If there's anything else that you missed that you'd wanted to touch on.
1: Yeah. So I you know, money's the easy answer. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I think it sharing our story is another big one. I, I mentioned mm. that a little bit too. I mean, yep. we've got such an amazing story to tell. Let's share that. People yeah. want to hear that. Yeah. And let's not be afraid to put it out there for people to learn. But I also think, you know, what what excites me? Is it helps weave in cultures, you know, especially when we have you know international yeah. guests that come to Billings. yeah weaving that culture into into our you know community and and with our citizens. What an awesome experience! Yeah, agreed. I mean, you know, some of the some of the best tours that I've given at the, at the zoo have been international tours, and I don't know if you remember, but many years ago we had a group of Namibians come. Uh, and visit oh, buildings yeah. and we took them around the zoo and it was one of the most, ex- I just, I loved it yeah. because we learned so much for them. And as an animal guy, we had a great conversation about wolves and how wolves mm-hmm. are controversial and, and what have yeah. you. And they had the same problem in Namibia with cheetahs, and so that was just oh, such <laughs> fascinating. I know it's bizarre, but they thought the same thing about wolves. Yeah, what an yeah, yeah. amazing thing! Yeah. It was such a fascinating conversation, and and we need more of that. And we get that here because of that travel scene. Yep. I think that's an important piece of it as well.
0: Yeah, there's this allure of Montana. There is I traveled to Israel? Gosh, I don't know eight, eight, eight years ago or so, and. I remember every single person I encountered there would say, oh, where are you from? And I'd say, well, I'm from the States. We're, we're in the States. I'm from Montana thinking, oh, I kind of know where this right, is. Right. And they'd all go, oh, my gosh, cold. But wow, I've always wanted to go there, yeah. you know, the Wild West. And I'm like, yeah, yep, yeah. Absolutely. Like.
1: <laughs> and, and I'll say to that point, even here in the States, I'm so proud when people ask that question yeah. or look at my ID for whatever reason, they, they say, oh, Montana, it's someplace I've always wanted to visit, yep. or that's one of my favorite trips mm-hmm, I've ever been on. Yeah that's an amazing thing yep. to be able to say. Not many states can say that. We're lucky for that. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Okay, last question. What's coming up for the zoo? Oh. What exciting events, activities, what do we need to know? Coming? Oh my because, gosh. I know it's yucky out, but here in a heartbeat it's going to
1: be nice. We're going to uh, go yeah. into, and, and I think this event season is going to be crazy. I okay, really cool. do. Oh my I'm gosh. excited to hear about so, it. So uh, it's, an exciting time at the zoo to say the least. So the big thing is our new waterfall habitat. It's going to be opening this summer. Ooh. And basically what this is, it's a fly in fly out habitat for migrating waterfowl. Oh, yes. So, I saw
0: you guys working on yeah, that.
1: absolutely. And so we want it to be an urban escape for for wildlife. Cool. Well, what we are focusing on at the zoo is the fish species. So we're mm-hmm. looking to do bass and trout and hopefully sturgeon. Yeah, it has an underwater viewing area. It's going to be pretty awesome. Awesome, so we're excited about that. We, we have an amazing concert series coming up, uh, which some amazing concerts. I can't give them all away. Okay. Just know Sh- Shaky Graves is one of them. Oh, but We partner okay. with the pub station for that. Okay. Uh, so we're excited about that. Wild Affair, which is our big fundraiser. Yep. We're looking to bring back a couple of the big ones like Boo at the Zoo. And then during Christmas, we have a new holiday lights display. The zoo okay. lights is going away. I know <gasps> people are sad about oh. that. But we're bringing it on grounds. 30 million plus lights going to be at the Wait, zoo. Wait, you walk through it? You walk through it. Stop. It. Yeah, so I'm we are so excited. Very excited about so that. Excited, and then the big, big news is that we are launching. Of we are in the middle of a feasibility study right mm-hmm. now to launch a capital campaign. We are hoping to raise in the tune of ten to fifteen million dollars for some major, yeah. um, major upgrades, which includes a front entry redesign, an education building, a vet Ooh, building, exciting. snow leopard habitat, and potentially snow monkey, also known oh, as Japanese awesome. macaque. So. Yeah. A lot happening out at the zoo. We're very excited about it.
0: How long is your campaign? Like, when does it start?
1: So we, we don't, we're we trying to figure that out now. So the okay. feasibility study basically is helping us understand what oh, kind okay. of dollars are in the tap. Right. Once we have that, then we'll be able to craft the campaign around that. So we're we're expecting it to be a multi-year campaign. Yeah. If we're lucky and we get some amazing gifts, it'll be sooner. Yeah. But we, we expect it to be at least two years. Yeah.
0: Oh, cool. I just wanted to mention that uh, my family was visiting from Kansas. My daughter, son, and grandson. And I bought tickets for all of us to do the Sleepy Hollow thing, Okay, not knowing what I was getting myself (laughs) into. And it was super cold, but everyone was so nice. And we got on that wagon and then it was just... I can't even tell you how intense it was. Like my kids just loved it. It's People so much were, fun. were like scaring us and riding <laughs> up next to us on their horses. I yeah. was like, I can't believe they do this at the zoo. Oh, I love <laughs> it.
1: It's yeah. It's such a fun thing. And again, you know, that's a great partnership that we have with Elk River, yeah. River Outfitters. And, you know, those partnerships are key. And, and that's in any in any organization. Partnerships are key. And, you know, we've really loved that collaboration mm. that we've put in. And collaboration is a big deal to all of us at the zoo. Yeah. And so you get some pretty cool yeah. results when you collaborate. Yeah, it was super fun.
0: Is there anything I didn't ask you that you want to make sure that you say? No, I
1: think you, everything that uh, we wanted to put out there is out there. Awesome. Just that we are open year round and we're excited to uh, get people there in the winter time. It's a great time to come and visit. Animals are active and uh, it's good to know. You'll have fun. Okay. So at the
0: end of every podcast, what we do what's called the Rorschach questions. And I haven't prepped you on these. Okay. I sent you the other ones, but I didn't send you these. Boy. So you're just going to give me your very first response okay. to whatever I ask you. So. The first question is, what are you most hopeful for, for the future of Billings? A collaboration. Oh, good answer. Yeah. Good answer. Yeah. All
1: around. Absolutely. What is your favorite animal? Vultures. Vultures. Yeah. I'm a vulture guy. I always have been. I just love them because they do such good for us. They're such an underdog in the animal world. (sighs) And they're downright gross. Uh, my, uh, real quick, my three favorite things they do is they, they have a bald head so they don't get blood and guts scooped up in their head when they nice. eat. Yeah. They poop on their own legs when they're hot because they can't <laughs> sweat. So that cools them down. Pretty awesome. That's why they look at vultures. They all have whitewashed legs and they they barf on you when they're scared because who wants to be around rotten meat barf?
0: Yeah, that's pretty gross. Yeah. Jeff.
1: But there's a reason they do that, actually. <laughs> the real the real reason they do that is it's an offering. Um, because their their main uh, predator or their main enemy is are uh-huh. bald eagles. Oh. And so when an eagle comes down yeah. to eat a kill, a vultures on it, they're scared, they throw up, the eagle eats that. I know oh. it's gross, yeah, but the vulture flies yeah. away and the eagle's tactic. happy. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tactic, absolutely. Oh, interesting. Yeah.
0: I always learn something new from <laughs> Jeff and HG. <H-Cry. laughs> What's your biggest challenge as a the executive director of Zoo Montana. The
1: ignorance. And, and that's a mm-hmm. bold word, I understand. Yep. It, but there is this absolute misunderstanding of the importance wildlife play in mm-hmm. all of our lives. Yep, It's striking to me. And that's why we do what we do to mm-hmm. try to help that. But there are times that people just don't want to hear it. And it it's frustrating to say the least. Yeah, you know, I, I without getting too controversial, there's a couple animals here in the state of Montana. Yeah. that this happens with, and and we try to put across the the bio the biological reason why animals need to exist that benefit all of us, mm-hmm. and and it's 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 concerning to say the least. Yeah. So for me, that lack of willingness to listen and understand is probably the most difficult yeah. part of the job. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm.
0: I had no idea what was going to say, but that was good. Yeah, Yeah. thank you. (laughs) Well, that's all I got, and I we so appreciate you coming on the show. I feel like we could sit here and talk for just hours.
1: You bet. And I gotta admit, I'm bummed. I meant to bring uh, a creepy animal. I know it. I I was like
0: just gonna bring an animal, and I completely
1: (laughs) forgot to grab it. And I'm so mad. One of the favorite things I get to do at the zoo is help people overcome fears, And, and I take that really seriously. And snakes and spiders obviously are always the top of the list. So I was going to bring a big, big tarantula here and talk yeah, about that's that. scary. I messed up. I'm sorry.
0: Um, what was the creepy creature?
1: The uh, tarantula. Oh
0: my gosh. I don't know if
1: I could. Hey, that's why. That. Cause I was <laughs> going to help you get over that fear. I'm so mad at myself. Oh,
0: oh my gosh. My heart is palpitating right it, now. To see it.
1: <laughs> I'm so mad at myself. Next time. Next right, time. Next time. Totally was. All
0: right, cool. Well, thanks for joining you us bet. today. My pleasure. Yeah. Thanks again. A huge thank you to Jeff Ewelt for joining us today and special thanks to my producer, Jack Genoway. Don't forget, if you'd like to advertise with us, suggest an upcoming topic or guest, or even ask a question, please email us at podcast at billingschamber.com. And as always, don't forget to subscribe to Chambercast wherever you get your podcasts because there's something here for everyone.